Hello, friends. Welcome to the very first episode of Shoot the Shit Podcast. I am your host, Joey Wright, and today's guest is a good friend of mine who is a very talented video director who has worked with Animal Planet, Discovery Channel, National Geographic, uh, History Channel, um, a ton of cool projects. He shot, he just filmed something for uh, Netflix on the Empires, uh, and he talks about all this stuff uh, today with us. So without further ado, Mr. BJ Golnick. Welcome. Thank you so much, man. Uh, BJ, by the way, was in town for a job that he worked video with me while I was shooting the stills yesterday. Yep. Uh, and then I said to Chris, dude, let's, he's Chris, which by the way, I should give Chris credit. He's been asking me for been weeks for to while. like, let's sit down yeah. and get, knock out one of these. Well, anyways, BJ was in town, it's a perfect time, so we're doing it. Yep. And let's give BJ a little introduction. Tell everybody what it is exactly you do. Give yeah. yourself a little, and, and yeah. then I'll kind of jump into it. Cause Absolutely. Can, so I'm a director and a cinematographer uh, for the last, 11, 12 years, I've been working for um, various companies like National Geographic, Discovery Channel, Travel Channel, Animal Planet, History Channel, mainly field work for a lot of those. Um, yeah, so yeah. BJ's really humble, so I'm gonna hype him up a little better. <laughs> he does like the most insane assignments and every time I talk to him, he's in some other country doing some wild shit. Yeah. Um, in fact, I was really surprised that he was even available to come and, and uh, get on this gig with me yeah. uh, yesterday. So uh, I remember a story you told me, um, how you kind of got your first break. Yeah. It's been a while since I've heard it. Absolutely, and I think it's a yeah. great story. Can you yeah. just... Uh, What's crazy about this shit is that I can actually pinpoint the time that I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing the rest of my life. Yeah. And how long uh, ago was this by this the way? This was prop shit, man. Two thousand seven or eight. Okay. Yeah. So a while ago. A while ago. Yeah. I was at school at University of Miami. And in the school, there was the communication school library. They had a piece of paper that said like production assistant needed. Okay. Um, night shoot all night long, you know. And okay. so I see this thing and I'm like, fuck, I don't know, what the fuck is this about? Yeah, yeah. I called the number. And I was like, hey, I heard you guys are looking for a production assistant. Yep, absolutely. Gonna be uh, you know, $75 for 12 hours, working from 6 p.m. to fucking right. <laughs> you know, 6 a.m., yeah. whatever it is. Until you're 70 years yeah, old. Yeah, exactly, until okay. you're 70 years old. So I was like, oh my God, $75, fuck, this is amazing. Yeah, Thank you rich. so much. Yeah. Yes, I'm rich, let's do this. <laughs> so uh, I end up going out to the Everglades. Okay. And this is in middle of nowhere, uh, homestead, like deep, deep, real yeah. Everglades. Yeah, yeah. The and swamp. You're in the swamp. swamp. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I think our call time was at like 5 p.m., which means get ready because the bugs are coming out and they're coming out hard, my yeah. boy. Like they're coming out hard. And so it's an animal planet shoot. Okay, okay. I start meeting everyone on the crew, very small team, four or five guys. And I'm like, fuck, that's amazing that they're filming this entire show with just like such a small unit. So there is like canoes set up on the, on the shore. Yeah. And I'm going, huh, that's weird. Why would we get, in, you know, that's all right, whatever. You know, I don't really think about it. Right. Night falls. Like, they didn't, did you know what the assignment was really? So I didn't know until I really got there. Yeah, yeah, that's what it sounds right, so like. So I had heard like it was just, I just thought it was like a normal shoot. And, and that's I'm, the funny part too. Right now, would you ever take a job that you didn't know every detail? Oh, no about? way. Right. Never, yeah. never, okay. never, right. never. And as a matter of fact, I feel like <laughs> I, I'll sometimes get in trouble because I am so 
Like I want to know literally everything. Every, yes, every same, every yeah. aspect of right. it, everything that's going to happen, all the shit that I'm going to get we into. Hate surprises. At hate surprises. Yeah, yeah. Hate okay. surprises. Yeah. But yes, back then, right. You know, 19 years old, I was like, fuck, yeah. let's do, let's yeah. get in yeah. there, whatever it is. So it, it turns out it's a show. It's a hosted series. It's all about nocturnal predators. Okay. Right. So, so we get out there and there's a director on set and the guy, I guess, you know, he maybe had done some work in this field, but obviously not in Florida. And so if you live in Florida, one thing you know is that like, you know, alligators like pop up in people's pools. Yeah. Like it's like, you see them right. on the road. They're, they're here. Yeah, they live yeah. here. This is their home. Well, where we were was like ground zero. I shine my light out onto this, onto the water. And I'm seeing just eyeballs everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Like. Hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of sets. I've never seen that many. Wow, yeah. Alligators, crocodiles. And that's the thing with a light, like if you All can shine up. it out on a lake, and if there's a gator across the lake, yeah. you'll see those two little white yes. reflections. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And what's funny is you learn, like as you learn, you start seeing that the different color of that reflection uh, with different animals that you work with, different predators that yes. you're filming, it changes. Right. So you know that if you're seeing a red reflection back, you know that that's a mammal. Okay. Right. Oh, so all of a sudden yeah, yeah. you're okay. saying, yeah, that's a cat right. or, some, or a big cat or, or something warm blooded. Something, yeah. something warm blooded. Right. You see green or, or a bluish hue like shine back at you in that eye light, you know it's reptilian. Wow. Okay. Yeah, cool. Weird. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, that night, it was, let's just say everything was fucking green. Yeah. Like it was insane. <laughs> um, so the plan is let's get on these canoes yeah. and just cruise around and get shots of the of the host right experiencing this you know as a production assistant you're, you're low on the totem pole you're just like yeah. all right cool i'm not gonna like uh cross any lines here i don't right, want right. to like make any waves you know i'm just running around getting water for people and shit and i remember like going to the director and i go hey man i know this isn't my place but that sound dude over there he's like about 250 pounds his equipment weighs like 60, 70 pounds. Yeah. All of this equipment, like they're talking about loading these canoes up with people. That You get that much weight in one of those yeah. canoes, they're going to tip. And right. then you're in a fucking world of trouble. Yeah. Like you're in some serious shit yeah. at that point. I was like, who the fuck? Like, who is this fuck? <laughs> Where did this guy come from? And so anyway, like long story short, we're, we're, we're cruising around these gators. Yeah. And uh, you're hearing them. And all of a sudden you start hearing like, one really getting after it. Right. Like making a lot of noise. Yeah, that grunting. And, yeah. yeah. And there was a shot that was like, hey, let's get, if we we need to get this shot of this thing, yeah. let's see if we can get it. Ended up being able to grab this shot yeah. of this thing that, and what, the, what it was grunting for is because it was protecting its nest. Right. And then after that happened, wasn't that sort of what got that was, you a callback? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So like, I, that's how I met my mentor, basically, yeah. was this guy who ended up taking me on, a guy named Clint Lalos. I remember I was in school and I, you know, after the end of the shoot, I'm like, all right, guys, hey, really great to meet you. Like, yeah. hey, dude, listen, if anything's coming up, please let me know. Yeah. You know, I'm willing to go with you guys wherever. They were talking about, oh, yeah, we're going, right. to, you know, we're going to here, we're going to the Yucatan Peninsula, we're going to Mexico, we're going all over the world. And I was like, fuck, that is so goddamn cool, man. Yeah. You guys have the best job. This is so amazing. And two weeks later, the shoot's over. I had said goodbye to these guys. I'm thinking, like, all right, I'm never going to see these guys again. It was cool. It was a great time. Right. Two weeks later, I get a call and it's from this guy, Clint. And he goes, hey man, what's going on? And I'm like, oh dude, how are you? What's, you know, what are you guys, where are you guys, where are you at in the world? Yeah, like yeah, that yeah. whole thing. And he's like, hey dude, so listen, like on that shoot in Miami, there's a lot of equipment missing and it kind of like, it all kind of points in your direction. And I was like, 
are you, I'm sorry, man, are you fucking accusing me of stealing something? And he's like, nah, man, I'm actually just fucking with you. He goes, do you want to come to Africa with us? And so what happened is when, I guess the guy that they had on the team dropped out. Oh, wow. And so it was a heavy shoot. Yeah. Like it was like dealing with big animals, predators, yeah. like all around the world. It's a tough, it's, it's a tough job. Yeah. You're, you're talking, you're working like a vampire. Yeah. You're, you're, you're up as soon as the sun goes down and then you go to bed when the sun comes up. Yeah. So it just, it wears on people. It wore, yeah. it wore on me, it wore on everybody on the team. Yeah. So I, I remember going to my professor at UM and I'm like, hey man, look, I got a job offer for this Animal Planet show. Yeah. And it's going around the world. It's with, you know, nocturnal predators, all this stuff. I'm like, I don't know what I should do. Like, should I take it or should I, you know, finish out my yeah. courses and then try and reconnect with the guys? And he goes, why are you still here? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, get out of my, go, get up out of my <laughs> office. Like, what are you doing? Get out of here, man. Like people would die for that opportunity. Yeah. That's insane. And so I yeah. remember that day going home, getting on the phone. Hey, Clint, I'm in, dude. Let's go. Um, tell me where to be. Yeah. Rushing to passport office in Miami, getting like yeah. a two-day turnaround. I had to like, you have to take paperwork in that says you're flying out. Next thing I know, I'm in uh, Sea of Cortez in Mexico. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, all around the fucking world. Amazing. Uh, right from that jump off point. And then ended up being in Africa for like four and a half, five months. Wow. after that, which was insane. Where were you in Africa? I was in Kenya. That's right. By the way, that was something I learned when I was out in Africa. Yeah. We, we went to this uh, snake farm and I go, so what do you guys got a whole uh, room of anti-venom over here or something? Because I know we're hours away from some hospital. Yeah. You know? There's over like yeah. at least at least an hour away from the nearest hospital. Yeah. And they're like, no, we don't have anti-venom here. I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. You know, because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So I'm thinking there's like this one big needle with the, right. it says anti-venom. Right. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> right. And they're right. like, well, no, because one, every, you know, uh, depends on what snake bites you. Exactly. So you need the right anti-venom yep. to treat yes. that particular snake venom. Yes. And then, so <laughs> they're like, if we got bit, I would need to, to, my best chance of survival is to know exactly what type of snake bit me. Yeah. Then we go to the hospital, they draw my blood. Mm -hmm to see how much venom is in my system exactly. so they can give me the right amount of the correct, correct. anti-venom for that bite. Correct. So correct. basically, I said, so basically you're fucked. If you, they're like, yeah, we're fucked if, you, if we get bit. Because it, the time to go, yeah. so a lot of the snakes that are here, we'd be dead. Yes. That was yeah. my thing I learned. Yeah. I was like, okay, just don't get bit by a snake. Mm, that, do not. Yeah. It's the absolute worst case scenario. I literally have been in some precarious situations where venomous snakes, like I was in Chapel Island in Tasmania, and that's a whole nother story. Yeah. But like going to this island, um, there is a type of snake out there called a Chapel Island tiger snake. Okay. Tiger snake alone in Australia is like. Tiger, anything is bad. Yeah, tiger yeah. fish, tiger snake, yep. tiger, tiger. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Right. And dangerous. And so yeah. these particular snakes, they had something called island gigantism. <laughs> Right. So there's art. So it, that sounds horrific. So a tiger snake alone in Australia is their version of the black mamba. It's the most okay. deadly snake yeah. in the country. Yeah. A Chapel Island tiger snake is a subsect of that species that during the last ice age was cut off from the mainland and ended up on this island called Chapel Island. Okay. Through evolution, the only thing that was on that island for those snakes to survive and eat were these birds. The birds were bigger than the snakes' mouths. 
So only the biggest snakes ended oh, up surviving. Wow. And so the biggest snakes ended up breeding with the biggest snakes. Yeah. And the snakes had to become bigger to adapt to their food source. Wow. So over thousands of years, these snakes became massive wow. and still venomous. So of course, I'm on an assignment here at this on, on Chapel Island with a snake expert. And I'm with this guy thinking like, all right, what's so like, what's the, what's the deal here? Like Chapel Island, tiger snake, like, all right, man, like, I know, <laughs> sounds scary, you know, like really, what's the deal here? He's like, mate, they're, these snakes are, they're very, very big. And I was like, okay, sure. And you can only get there by boat, right? To course, this island. Yeah. yeah, it's the only way, only way. <laughs> And not to mention the venom on these snakes, you basically have three hours. If you're not treated, yeah. you have three hours to live. So we go to this island, we pull up in a little dinghy. No one is allowed on this island, no one. It is completely cut off from the world. And the only people that are allowed to go there are the local Aboriginal tribes that can go there once a year to hunt because that was what their tribe had done for thousands of years and they allow them access one time yeah. a year to, to get these birds yeah so we get there i see this uh, whole team's there i see i see this i see this path that like goes up to get into the meat of the island and uh i go to my team and i'm like hey i'm gonna go up and just do a quick recce i'm gonna do a quick scout up here just see like where we're gonna be moving you guys hang out on the beach for a minute i'll be right back i go up about 15 steps in 20 steps, I see the biggest fucking snake <laughs> I've ever seen in my life, coiled up, black, like jet black, this big around, wow. sitting there. And it like is like, huh, and like starts coming towards me. And I didn't think it was coming towards me. Like it's not trying to attack right. me or something. It's, it's literally, it's, yeah. it doesn't see people. So yeah, it's like, it's oh, curious. that's cool, yeah, what's it's that? Curious as fuck. So I go, okay, turn around, I go back, and uh, the host of that series was like, hey, you, are there any snakes up there? And I go, yeah, buddy, there's some snakes up there. <laughs> I had been like on my way to get yeah. back to the beach. I, I hit my arm on uh, a bush, right? Like a thorn bush yeah. that was there, you know, whatever. And I get back down to the beach and the, uh, the, the snake expert who was with us goes, all right, guys, so here's the deal. Now, the most dangerous thing on this island is actually these thorn bushes. And I'm going... Uh-oh. And he goes, now, not for what you think. The thorn bushes themselves, they're not going to hurt you. But tiger snakes, their bite feels like you got pricked by a thorn bush. So you get hit by one of those thorn bushes, and then you think, like, you know, maybe your heart rate is elevated. Uh, let me know right away because uh, it could have been a snake bite. And so in, and, and I'm sitting here, like, in front of my whole crew, like, and, I go, and I'm looking, he's telling this story, and I go, Hey, uh, quick question, man. Uh, I go, hey, just before we, uh, before we get started with the day here, um, give me the symptoms again. He's like elevated, you know, it could be like an elevated heart rate. And I'm like, I'm gonna be honest with you, my heart rate is real elevated right now. And meanwhile, I'm just like having a fucking anxiety attack because I'm going, oh my God, dude, I, I just got murked by the snake. I'm going down. Like, this is it. Three hours. I got a two hour boat ride. That doesn't leave much fucking room for me to get help. And he goes, uh, why? Like, you know, what's up? What's up? And I go, well, I, I either got hit by a thorn bush that you were talking about or I'm going to die in three hours. 
<laughs> and he goes, he's like, let me check your arm. And I was I was looking at it, I pointed, and there was like a little, one prick, and he goes, yeah, yeah. yeah, if there were two there, I'd say you worry, but uh, now nah, we should be good. <laughs> and then it was just crazy fun shit, man. So, but I was like, all right, we're good to go. Like we get yeah. up, you know, the anxiety kind of calmed down the rest of the day, but we get up into this mountain and, and we're hiking through and it's like the ground, right? Up there, it's like, it's like, uh, like dirt paths that are like snaking through, yeah. pun intended, snaking through this nice. island. And then there's one section where it's like this with foliage growing yeah. over it, like, but like thick trees. Like it's almost like you're stepping on mangroves. Yeah, like you're okay. walking over mangroves, right. but they're like compressed. They're like kind of woven. Woven, in, yeah. yes. Yeah. So we're stepping over this stuff. We hadn't found uh, another snake all day besides that first one I saw, yeah. right? But there were there were a lot. Like we'd see one and be too far away. And the, the goal was for like this snake handler, this expert to like grab one and like show it to us yeah. okay. and all this shit. And the so the worst is, I forgot to say this, but before we even got out there, the snake expert, the handler, the dude who's in charge of all the snakes, he goes, Hey, mate, so I just want to tell you something real fast. Like, if I'm handling one of these big Chapel Island snakes, sometimes when I'm handling a snake that deadly and that venomous, um, and these especially, I've never handled these. I know they're massive and very dangerous. If I start handling one of those, sometimes I pass out. <laughs> and I go, oh, cool, you're fucking with me. That's good, dude. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm dead serious. Like, uh, for, for whatever reason, my nerves hit me and I just pass right out. And I could be holding the snake. So just, you know, if you have a stick or something, like hit the snake away from me, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, man, like, honestly, I prefer you just don't tell me that. Like, just don't, never say that to me ever again. And so he, he fucking, so we get up there. So now I got this in the back of my head, right? Yeah. And, and I'm like, this dude's going to have to pick one of these snakes up at some point today. So we get up there and we're stepping over this like gnarly, craggy, like compressed, like yeah. woven shit. And so I step right on, like I step on the ground and I just feel like my foot, like right here, I just feel something go under my foot. They use this in the series, like they use this on show. It's me on camera going, hey guys, <laughs> don't move. Nobody, or no, I actually said, I said, I was like, I was like, hey, Sean, because Sean was the host and he was like stepping in front of me. I go, hey, Sean, get the fuck away from me right now. Like, back up, dude. Back up. Because I stepped right on the back of like a huge one, like the biggest one we had seen on all day. And I'm stepping on this thing's back on the snake. And the fucking handler just goes like this. I go, I go, uh, I'm like, I'm like, if I move, I'm going to get bit. Like if I try and step away fast, I'm gonna get bit. So I just gotta kind of hold position. I don't want any of the other guys around me to get bit. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not gonna move. I, Sean was in like striking zone. So I was like, dude, you gotta get out of there. Thank God. The snake handler goes, oh, right, yeah, there he's, boom. And like reaches down, grabs the snake <laughs> by the head and pulls this like seven foot Holy viper shit. out of the ground. And thank God we end up getting shot. It was like, the cool. it was an incredible episode. Like it looked amazing. Wow. But it was like a. It was, what was that show? In case anybody wants that to that one it was up. called. Uh, it was on Nat Geo Wild, and it was called uh, Natural Born Monster. Okay. Which is. Okay. <laughs> of course. Some of these titles, man. <laughs> no say in the titling of these shows. Yeah. I'm just like, oh god. Like, so yeah. okay, you, this is a cool thing. You get to you go on all these assignments, yes. and you're shooting these shows where you're you're learning a ton of 
cool shit Absolutely. all the time. Yes, nonstop. So what what was probably one of the um, assignments you worked on that just like blew your mind as far as is something that maybe you already had a uh, predisposed thought to mm. whatever the topic was and mm-hmm. this completely shifted you. I mean, I know you did, did didn't you work on, um, you did the hunting Hitler, mm-hmm. right? Yep, that was with absolutely, Tim yeah. Kennedy? Yep, that was the Tim Kennedy. Okay. And, um, yeah. You just did this uh, Empire, Ottoman Empire yep, show for Netflix. Yep. Um, what were some that you, you've done? Uh, Naked and Afraid. Yep. Um, That's an interesting thing, I think, too. Like, so, like, uh, Tell you know, us about that one. Yeah, I actually yeah, really yeah. like your story yeah. about that show. Well, what's wild, man, is like people, this was, you know, you, you work enough in kind of that docu or reality type world. And yeah. I had never done you know, Naked and Afraid or one of those shows, nor had I ever been like, oh, that's what I want to do. But at right. the same time, you know, you just like in, in this industry, you're always like, oh, cool. That, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. And, and it gives you the, you, you know, working in this field, you have the opportunity to kind of pick and choose what, what routes you want to take. And right. this, this opportunity came up. And um, I have to say, like, I even, before I had gone out there, I did, so this shoot was in Namibia in Africa. Okay. And I knew that I was going to be out there for around a month. Okay. You know, for those of you who don't know what this show is, you have to survive for 21 days in the middle of nowhere. Okay. With no food, no shelter, no water. Right. Anything. And so my initial thought is, all right, cool. Like everyone's, you know, going to come home at the end of the night. You know, we, it's, it's not real. Yeah. Basically right. what I thought. Right. We get out there. Like some reality TV. It's like it's gonna be some reality yeah, okay. TV. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's just gonna be like a thing where it's Kinda like oh, half yeah, scripted and people sort of Yeah, yeah. When this, the camera's not rolling, right. It's like they're, they're everyone's eating candy bars yeah, and like, you know, right. full lunches and shit. Well, I gotta tell you, man, that is that was not the case. Like this this was one of the realest, most insane situation I've ever been a part yeah. of. Just because the people that go on that show. What you're doing is you're naked, completely naked. <laughs> you're completely naked in like the worst environment. I don't even like being Earth. naked outside of no, my bathroom. No way. I feel I feel uh, vulnerable in my living room naked. Yes. Yeah. You think about like, dude, like I'll go, like if I'm going, if I if I'm if I'm gonna go on assignment, I'm going to Namibia, yeah. or I'm going into the jungle. Right. right. The first thing that I'm doing is I'm going through my kit. Yeah. And I'm making sure that I have the most top-notch, up-to-date equipment yeah. to cover and protect right. myself yes. that I could possibly have. Like the, All of the different the layers. The best shoes You're, in the world, yeah. the best pants, the yeah. best gloves. The it's best, not like, just go grab whatever socks land no. in your hand. It's like, no, let's no. pick – I want for this specific thing, yes. for the temperatures that I'm going to yes. be in, Yes, for, you know, the uh, – are there snakes in the environment? Yes. Bugs? What? What yes. am I protecting? So you're figuring out all these things. You're yes. getting prepared, down to every minute layer of yes. of clothing you can think of, and and specifically choosing 100%. for that assignment. So in this case, all that shit out the window. Out the window. Yeah. They show up. The the contestants, the people yeah. that are going to be on it, they're with their clothes. Get acclimated. Day, maybe two days. Next day, they're on a vehicle. Right. Driving out into the shit, into the middle of nowhere. Yep. With us. And they hop off the back of the car. They got to throw their clothes off. And I'm off. sitting there with a the camera and I go, <laughs> All right, take it off. 
And there's this just moment where it's like, even me, I'm going, fuck, I guess here we go. You know, this is, <laughs> this is it. This is real, you know? And like, it's, I, I really feel like even for all the people that are contestants on that, on that series, it's like, it ain't real until that underwear comes off. Yeah. And then you're standing on shit. That is like <laughs> literal, literal, literal. Yeah, I mean Namibia is like you're <laughs> like, like elephant shit or like yeah, elephant shit or like or, or just something. like legit. The ground yeah. like is just mostly it is the shit. most unfriendly place. Yeah, you could possibly be. And here's the thing: like you talk about doing that series. Like I saw people do the series in the Everglades, right? So like they did a naked and afraid in the Everglades. Fucking miserable. Would never yeah, want. Right. Never in a million. I mean, I, we grew up out here. I would never. It would suck to do it in a in a residential backyard, dude. Like if yes. you were if you were like we're gonna do a camp out. Yes. In the backyard, you would get a tent. Mm -hmm. You would have your clothes on. Exactly. You'd have a fire. You'd yes. have food. Yes. But if I said go hang out in your backyard for two days naked. Yeah. Be the worst experience of your that life. That would be to most people. To most that people. That would be their hell. You don't even think about the little things. It's like. Well, okay, cool. So you're naked. You're in your backyard. So what are you gonna what it like? What are you gonna drink? It's like, oh, yeah. cool. Well, there's the hose. But right. let's say the hose wasn't there. Right. Right. And it's like, oh, well, I gotta go find water because that's yeah. the most important thing. <laughs> so I gotta have that going at some point. And then what am I gonna do? Uh, eat grass? No, you can't eat grass. So <laughs> I guess I'm gonna catch lizards like I used to when I was, you know, six years old and yeah. eat those. You know, and that's like what these people are doing, except the, the environments that they're doing it in are so much fucking worse. Yeah, way harsher. Like Africa, every time I've been to Africa, yeah. filmed wildlife, et cetera, out there, I'm in a vehicle yeah. that is tons of armor around yeah. me. Yeah. And this is just to be driving around, right? right? These guys are on foot walking through an area. The, the, the best way I can equate it to is, and you know this from being growing up down here, but like when you are spearfishing or when yeah. you're in the water, yeah. like you got to have your head on a swivel. You got to yeah, kind of always, be always yeah. looking around uh -huh. because you, you, know, you never know. It could be a shark, whatever, right. whatever, whatever right. the situation is. Just you're, you're much more observant of your surroundings yes. when you're in the water because yeah. it's, it's a place that is so foreign from what, where human beings being terrestrial animals right. are yeah. used to. Right? Yeah. So you got your head's on a swivel. You're like constantly observant. That's how I describe being out of a vehicle and being on, on safari like that. There are things that will kill you. Right. All around you. Everything, everything, everything can kill, can kill everything you. Everything can kill yeah. you. Just walking up, like, I mean, you're talking about water buffalo. You're talking about hippos. Right. You're talking about elephants. Down to the small things. Down to the small things. Some berry, uh, you know, a, a mosquito with malaria right. or, right. you know, um, uh, what's it called? A... Titsi fly, yeah, titsi fly, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So all of this stuff is like it's it, this. Now you're talking. Okay, cool. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do all that. I'm gonna be in that world where I gotta like be observant and, yeah. and like 24 seven, and then I'm gonna have no protection from the sun because I'm not wearing clothes. Right. I'm gonna have no protection from my feet. Yep. Right. So you're walking. So think about like a little cut. And you have no antiseptic or anything to like and, take care and of. And out there, like, I recall from my my trip to Zimbabwe, yeah, and where we just it was kind of like naked and afraid minus the naked, right, right. But right, where we right. just lived out for eight days out in the wild yeah. and caught fish for food. But at least we had supplies. Sure. We had every sure, right. Now we didn't have tents, but we slept in sleeping bags and the dirt. Right. And, and okay, it, that's still so many levels up from just being completely naked, no tools, big time, right. Yeah. Um, and then. I just remember thinking like, wow, this is the reason that 
all of this wildlife, the plants, the animals, has survived in these super harsh, I mean, because it's so hot. So hot. Right? It's just, it's like the harshest. It's either dry or just torrential downpour. Exactly. There's no in-between, yeah. There's no in-betweens and uh, there's no cozy. Mm -hmm. And so everything there is so tough. Mm -hmm. So like even the fucking ants, I remember like, it looked like little kids crossing the street. They oh, yeah. were they were huge. They had yeah. boots on and they were walking yeah. and they're carrying something yeah. bigger, you know, ten times their yeah. size. Like yeah. you know, and, and there's a line of them that you have to like step over, but they're like everything was on another scale. There. Yes. The yes. regular bugs were not like millipedes. They had like a thousand legs. With armor. And, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So everything. I everything. picked up my pillow one time and there's a scorpion runs out and yep. there's just something behind every mm -hmm. little corner. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So how much are they allowed to interact at all? Like, are very, you- So like, it's very little interaction with us because the, the idea of the series is to be like, not like you have to rely if you want human interaction, et cetera, yeah. that's your partner. Yes. Right? And that's it. Yep. So we're, it's very rare that we're like, we're never in a situation where we're conversating with the contestants. Little things here and there. Hey, man, good morning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like stuff yeah. like that. Um, and I just remember like there being this, there was the, the particular episode I did, there was a, a, a guy and a girl. And the guy had studied so much about foraging. You know what I mean? Like yep. he had learned. And that's right. amazing. But this, this dude, I see him and I'm like, yo, this guy is real skinny. Yeah. You know, and when you go on the series, you know, you see people from the beginning to the end. They lose. You're dropping serious weight. What, 10, 15 10, pounds? 10, 15 right? pounds minimum. Girls lose a lot more. And what is it, 21 days? 21 days. 21 days, okay. 21 days, no food, water provided, nothing. It's like, yeah. and, and whatever you can do for shelter is what your shelter is. Yeah. And whatever you can do for clothes is what your clothes is. Right. Um, and so I remember seeing this guy and I was like, oh man, he's so skinny, dude. I, like, I, don't, I don't know what this guy's going to look yeah. like. What's by he going to shrivel down to? What's there to even... Yeah, there's nothing. Lose, yeah. But he was he he did take the time, and I feel like this is something that I would do. Like like the only way I would do this, first of all, is if I was like forced to do this. Yes. Um, because otherwise, it's like it's like the pain Olympics. It's like yeah. why would you why right. why would you put yourself through this for torture? And yeah. So, and a lot of these guys are like they want they either don't give a shit. Yeah. Like some of the dudes on that show like are like yeah man this is I love this shit. Yeah. I love it. And then some people are like I want to prove it to myself that I can do it. Yeah. You know I may be a survivalist or whatever, and this is like kind of the ultimate like right. This is it. This is the yeah. Um, and so this guy, I feel, I feel like he, you know this guy was a survivalist, but I feel like he he was definitely he was still a gnarly guy, but he was an unassuming gnarly guy. Yeah, you know, and his way of being gnarly and like prepared was research, and he studied. He okay. knew what every plant looked like. His brain know? was his biggest muscle. Thank you. Yeah, the girl. Um, Again, had been a form, you know, some sort of a survivalist, etc. You know, had survival training, um, but. Man, I don't think that she was ready. I feel like she was thinking what I was thinking, which was, oh yeah, it's gonna be chill. Right. I remember we walk, so basically they have, there's this moment called insertion where they have to walk in to where their campsite is. Yeah. Right? And it's like usually a mile, two miles, something like that, over like harsh terrain. Uh, and it's in the- I remember that too, being in Africa, that stepping- Anywhere. Anywhere off of the yeah. mud that's going into yeah. the, the river, Everything has fucking thorns on it. It's going to point, poke you. Yep. Yeah. Because think about it. It's just like you were talking about with the ants. Everything there has adapted to survive exactly. the harshest conditions. Right. So thorns, that's a way for that plant to spread. Yeah, right? and to and not to, get eaten. And to not get eaten. Right, yeah. Right. So they do this long walk. We finally get to the campsite, and it's getting dark. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm like, man, I really hope these guys start to build fires. Yeah. Because I don't think they realize how serious that is 
when you're out there. If you don't have a fire going and it gets nighttime out yeah. there, like that's the only separation you have. And the temperature drops are so extreme from day to so night. So extreme. You know, so you you will be cooking alive in yes. the daytime and hypothermic. And then yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's wild. It's yeah. nuts. And so the area they were this this part of Namibia was called the Caprivi Strip. And it's this part of Africa where it's uh, extremely swampy, like a lot of swamp land, yeah. which means lots of hippos. Yes. Which is can be the deadliest Right. You know, besides the water buffalo and an elephant, the hippo is like right up there with the yeah. de- one of the deadliest animals in Africa. Yeah. You catch them in the wrong place, the wrong time, you get in between them and they're uh, young and right. it's like you're in a bad spot. Yeah. And they were right by water, which is already kind of like, ugh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There's and a so, lot of, there's, there's always going to be more life yeah. at the water. Yeah. Yes. So I remember um, the female contestant, um, at the end of the day, I remember us like going, hey guys, like, you really got to get a shelter going and you got to get a fire going. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to be probably in big trouble. Yeah. And <laughs> they kind of haphazardly like didn't really plan it, uh, didn't really have time to get their shelter up. Yeah. So they just make this kind of bed out of cut uh, like river grass, which is just covered in insects, yeah. you know, and especially once that there's that, you know, there's that golden <laughs> period, right? Where it's like, <laughs> The sun starts coming down and yeah. the bugs start coming out hard Yep, and you're getting lit up. Now, mind yeah. you, again, they have no clothes on, right? Yeah. So they're getting bit everywhere and for an hour straight with like zero protection. So they're trying to burrow in this grass that they made <sighs> and it's just covered in like fleas oh. and all kinds of shit. Like, you know, sand fleas and all kinds <laughs> yeah, of shit. Yeah, yeah. But I remember leaving and I remember seeing the, the female contestant look at us like, wait a second. Aren't we? Don't we go back with you? And I just remember being like, "Oh, oh no!" <laughs> like it was that moment that I was like, "Oh, she she probably thought this was fake. Oh, she man. probably thought this was like not not her. the real deal." And oh. it's like, "Oh no, no, no! See that? No, that's that what you made there? That little grass bed? That's that's where you're sleeping." You know, the dude yeah. was fully like that this was guy was for her fully that prepared. moment where she thought she was grabbing and drinking milk, but it was yes. orange juice. Yes, yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, it was it was a tough tough pill to swallow for yeah. sure. And the next day, we get there, and I see the the dude, and he's kind of you know, it was a rough night. Yeah, you know, that was a rough one. That was just one though. That, that was, was one night. That was night one, right? And the female contestant goes, "Okay, I'm done." And we go, huh? She's like, yeah, I'm out of here. Get me out of here. Oh, no. I'm done. And so think about that. Like the amount of time and money it takes just to get one contestant over to that far away from where we are, like from the States. That's Namibia. That's two days of travel minimum just to get to where we were. We're so remote. Are they not prepped with this? This is is the crazy thing. It's such a shock. Every fiber of your being that first night. Yeah. Like when you're out there and you know you're out there alone, yeah. you could read a but book. But I guess what I mean couch. is like how could she even think that maybe she was going to get to go back to a little campsite at the end of the night, right? I like know. I don't know. Maybe oh. she wasn't. And, and here's my thing. is like maybe she – that was my impression. I was like, yeah. yo, she's she thinks that this is bullshit. She wow. thinks like she's going back and we're going to have food, fuck. you know? Yeah. Um, but that was not And that the sucks case. for the guy, for the partner – Oh, because so exactly. Yeah, now he's on his own for basically the entire 
somewhere in the middle of that night, it became hypothermic temperatures. Yeah. And she's sitting there in grass and she's getting bit by bugs. And the only body heat she has is this skinny dude she just met. <laughs> you know skinny. what I mean? And yeah. the minute you start having those thoughts of doubt, right? that's when it just, it, yeah. you're locked into that. That's it. It's yeah, game she, over. There was no one on earth that could have convinced her to stay out there one more night. Wow. And you know, you're hearing shit. You're hearing the hippos. Yeah. You're hearing lions. You're hearing shit that can literally yeah. kill you. You have no fire. Oh, yeah, because yeah, everything is night. talking at night. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's bad enough doing the competition, but at least you have someone there with you that can right. help push you. Yeah, so when you're in when your you're low alone, moments, they kind of can help pick you up a exactly. little bit. Right. Yeah, and yeah. vice versa. When you're alone, that's the it, it, I, like, it's like they're, it can't get any worse than what you're going through by being naked in the middle of nowhere and like having to survive and that's literally so provide- he, That turned into Castaway. Exactly. Yeah. This is why this show is so is so compelling, is because it's it's really- I love it, but like, cause I, yeah. yeah. I, and, and you know what's funny is I was never like a huge fan of it. I, yeah. And then- I after, appreciate it way more after talking to right. you about it. Like after I did time. it, I was like, my God, this is like, it's, it's, it, it takes you to the core of what a human it's being is. It's a Truman is. show on crack. Yes. Yeah. This is you at your at your- absolutely most raw form yeah you want to find out who you are yeah real fast check this out see yeah. see what you got we ended up having to stop the the show when she left we can't let this dude go through the competition 21 days completely alone because it's just too much and there's not much from a producing side there's not much story, right? right? So it's like you need to have somebody there that they can play off of each other, yeah, et cetera. Some personalities. Yeah. So they end up flying another contestant. Oh, okay, okay. From the States, but it took about five days to a week to get her out there. You know, so we were kind of down and he had a couple days down to like regroup and imagine like being prepped. So he got it's to like, back out. He got to back for out. For a couple days, but then he was going to get a fresh and then start a 21 fresh days. Start. Yep. Fresh start 21 Ooh, days with oh, a new contestant. Geez, that right? kind of sucks too. Like, right. Exactly. The, it's like the, you the, already did the hardest thing, which is getting the clothes off and doing it. And then it's like, hey, just kidding. Oh. Go back to comfort for a minute and then get back into the shit knowing yeah. that you're going to do it four days later, you know? Right. So it's tough. But it is nice to also get those calories yeah, there was in. good and bad in that. It was good yeah. and bad in it. It was good and bad in it. So, but she bails on this guy. How long? I think it was like halfway through. But either way. Okay, yeah. It's miserable. Oh, this guy. Yeah, like just this being bailed just on. Can't then, win. Yeah, this yeah. guy can't win. And yeah. he's like, I remember, I remember, you know, interviewing him and he's just like, I don't, like, yeah. is it me? <laughs> Is it me? Do they like? And I'm like, no, it's Namibia, dude. Like, it's not you. Don't worry, you know. But like, of course, you start to like. You literally, you see these people kind of degrade, right? Right. Like when once the food, like think about how like food, water, these yeah. are all things that we need to have brain function. Yeah. You start depleting that. Oh, hey, I really don't feel like getting up. I really yeah. don't feel like walking. I really don't feel like yeah. doing the things that I know I need to do to survive. Yeah, your logic so is weak. Is your logic goes down, out the yeah. window. It yeah. breaks down. Where where we stayed, our campsite was like 45 minutes drive away from their campsite, right? Wow. Where they stayed. Yeah. They're really alone. Yeah. Like so at night, alone. you guys take off. We take off and, and you're set 45 the cameras minutes up, yeah. set the night vision up. See ya, man. We're out of here. Yeah. Uh, good luck. See you in the morning. Maybe Fucked we'll see you in the morning. Maybe we'll see yeah, you in the morning. We'll see you in the morning. Yeah. One thing that happens is your senses heighten. Yeah. You're not eating all the time, right? Okay. So your sense of smell, right? And stuff like that goes crazy. So like we would be walking to their campsite and it'd be like, oh, somebody had peanut butter. Like he would smell it. He would smell wow. it on us 
from like a mile away. Holy shit. And it's really just because the hunger is yeah. And it's like your senses are going, hey, some, you're obviously, something's fucked up with you because you're not right. eating. Yeah. So maybe we should heighten your nose. Yeah. Like let's your, let's you know? send some resources up Let's send up some to resources the, yeah. up here. Let's make sure you can find food. Wow. How many of you guys are filming? Anyway, when I worked on it, there was two a two-camera team but really it was one camera. For example, I would I would be on for five days yeah. and then the other uh, assistant camera, he would be on for one day that I had off. Okay. Or six days or something like that. And then on the seventh day, I would take a day off and then he would he would be the one shooting. Okay. Um, and then like there would be days where and on, he's on taking a day, off. How many I, hours are you going on? It, it depends, man. It really, so here's what's cool about that. That series is a, a normal day for us is like 12 hours. Right. That being said, it is very docu-based in the in the way that if shit is going down we gotta we're, we're there and we're covering right. it yeah you know um, what if something happened in the middle of the night was there any a way to alert you guys to get over there with your cameras yes so you have a medical unit that is on standby yeah near to their campsite that is like a first response okay you yes. have to have a safety crew yeah. nearby. And I've seen that on the show exactly. when, when they had to pull in medics. When something really bad happens, like if someone gets severely dehydrated, right. there has to be a medical um, a medic on site yeah. to be able to administer. And it's pretty much only – in most cases, it's when that person's done and something happened yeah. that that person's out. Yeah. So they come in and really essentially extract them. I, I've seen some yes. cases where they'll come in and say, listen, you could go on. Mm-hmm. You're just super dehydrated. Yeah, you're in bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. and kind of getting and this option. To them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think in most of those cases I've seen, they they, they, they bounce. They leave. Yeah. Let me tell you something. And that's one thing that you you know you you hear about these guys like you know David Goggins, for example. Yeah, and you hear the shit that he went through. Right, and the stuff that a human being can endure. Yeah, right, which is far beyond anything that that we currently think. If you think you've hit your limit, there's a lot more left in the yeah. tank. Most people will will get to that and that's the limit. Yeah. And then they'll go, I'm no, that's it. I'm yeah. done. That's all I got. The minute you start saying, hey, you know what? Oh, fuck, I could just be at home right now. Yeah. I could be self doubt creeps in. Self doubt yeah. creeping in. It's game over. Yeah. What what human beings are conditioned to do is take the easy way. Yeah. That's what you want. You want the way right. of comfort. You want get me out of the bad situation as fast as possible. And so most people will do that. Yeah. There are those few like and you see it on and this is this is why i think that show is so fascinating is like you see it on that show yeah you see 10 percent of people fuck less than that one percent of people that'll know that they've hit the limit and go yeah but what else is there right like what else is what's beyond that? yeah yeah you know which is cool which is cool it's that's a cool thing to yeah. see and these are average human beings right you know sure there's some military guys that are special forces and all that, that have been but trained, there's also but... a mother of four yeah it's incredible. Or the yeah. guy who's like, like this guy, for example. I mean, he went hypothermic multiple times. Wow. And in the middle of the night, we were talking about temperature shift in Africa. Medics had to come in. And this is one of those situations. Medics came in. They said, hey, hey, man, are you okay? You want to quit or what? He goes, nope, I'm in. Shivering, crying. Yeah. Screaming of pain in the middle of the night because he's so goddamn cold. Yeah. That's like, awesome. And push past it. Yeah. And I love this guy, man. Like, look at this. Look at what he's doing. The most unassuming Normal average guy right. is like pushing past limits. Wasn't there? Didn't he have a little? Um, wasn't there a thief? Uh, oh, this is dude. This is this was <laughs> this was like this was the, the like the most incredible thing that I saw. So 
I'm out there with him one day and he, his thing was, he was forging for these fruits, these marula fruits and marula, you know, the, the, the liquor Amarillo. Yep. Okay. So these marula fruits are very sweet, but tangy fruits. He had been hoarding these and his game plan was, I know I can eat these fruits. Yeah. So all hell breaks loose. I'll always have this fruit. Yeah. He dug holes. in the ground around his campsite. Yeah. And he would dump all the fruit that he was taking and he would cover them with wood. And he had been doing it every day. And there was only a certain amount of trees around his campsite. So he had basically exhausted all of those trees. Okay. He pulled all the fruit down from every tree that was in the vicinity that he could walk to carefully and get back to his campsite. So we're out there on the last tree. He's picking up the last of this fruit that's around the area. And he's got his bag, his sack is just full of this fruit. He's coming back and uh, he stops like suddenly. And I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. And he just goes, no! (laughs) And I I pan over and I just see these monkeys, a whole troop of baboons in his fruit hordes, just going and throwing the fruit, taking a bite, throwing it, taking another one, taking a bite, throwing it. And they're just like eating all of his fruit. And it was like this, it was like this moment where he's like trying to swat the monkeys away. He's like, no, no, get away monkeys. And it was like, it was so, it was so goddamn funny. Even at the moment I was laughing so hard, but I was also like this poor bastard. Like this was his, this was his plan. Yeah. This fruit was oh, his like man. immediate easy way out. Like he, he could munch on this fruit and he'll have all the nutrients he needs and be good. And these monkeys, the minute a monkey like bites it, oh. you can't eat it. No. Right? So even if they just took, and this is what they were doing. This was the fucked up part is the monkeys they were like, the there's so much fruit here. We don't even need to eat the whole thing. They're and they would just, just take a bite, throw it. Yeah, just wasting <laughs> all the fruit. I, I felt, I like. Did you guys get that on video? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah we got it. It was hilarious. But it only, it, what sucks is it was like only like a piece of it. Yeah. That they ended up using the show. Like to me, that was like, oh my God, that was like the greatest moment yeah. ever. <laughs> but it was also, it was the most, it was horrific. It was so sad for him because any little thing when you're out there and you're in that situation, you're in a survival mode, yeah. any little thing that happens, negative or positive, is exponential yeah. in terms of feeling. That- because you're, you're in these, there's a lot of just like flatline moments. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just dull. Yes. There's no action. Yeah. No excitement. Yeah. And then yes. something cool happens. Yeah. And then it seems like the most yes. insane, yes. amazing thing yes. that's ever happened to you in your life. Yes. Yes. And then, or vice versa, if right. some bad thing happens, it's it's the most devastating thing that's yeah, ever happened. To you. And yeah. this was the most this devastating was- thing that could have possibly happened. <laughs> and we had a, and this is what's crazy, is we had a hippo. A, like a lone male hippo. This is the worst. Just right? rip through the campsite. Oh my God. Like right there. Like could have killed everyone, yeah. but like just cruise, ripped through, full speed run yeah. through the campsite, tearing bushes apart, like takes off. We had, I mean, that was a, a, a big moment. But to me, like that hippo that could have probably killed everyone, this troop of monkeys did yeah. more damage to this guy's yeah. morale oh. than anything in the world. Yeah. So oh, that was crazy, man. Amazing. Yeah. That was- so before you got here, yeah. You told me you've been you've been working on some assignment, yeah, and you had a great story behind it. 
I told you, don't tell me the story. Mm-hmm. Let's save it because we might do this podcast. Right. So, right, yes, hit me with what's what was new. What cool. was what was the project first of so all? So the project was um, a series uh, for Travel Channel that's going to be coming out in March called okay. uh, Buried Worlds, and it's all about. Um, basically, this is the same one that same one Haiti that we did. For. Yeah, same okay. one I went cool. to Haiti for. Uh, it's hosted by a guy named Don Wildman who I love to death. This guy's been in the game forever. He did a a series back in the day called Cities of the Underworld that was on History Channel. Okay. And then he did a series called Off Limits that was on Travel Channel. It was all about, the guy's a pro. He's like one of the best human beings I've ever met. I love the guy to death. Um, The final episode for this series is a two hour special. It was about the lost city of the monkey god. Okay. And I go, okay, hadn't heard about it. Uh, so I start researching it. The executive producer of the series is a guy named uh, Chris Bray, who's done a ton of these things. He's a great dude. He uh, had mentioned this to me, and I was like, this sounds insane. So what it is is a team of archaeologists and scientists had been searching for a lost city. Now, that sounds insane because it's very rare that you hear about a lost city being found in modern times, right? right? Pretty yeah. much, you know, we know where everything is right. on the planet, right? This place, from the time of Hernan Cortez, people have been looking for this. It had become legend, almost something that was like Atlantis. But this in, is not in history books currently. Not, currently now, I'm talking, so right now, yeah. it is. Uh, and this is why. So in 2015, an archaeologist, and really he was, I guess this guy was a film guy, who okay. was like looking for his new project. Um, okay. Awesome guy. Uh, he goes out with a team, pays his own money. This is like a, it, you could call him like an amateur explorer, basically. They start researching every written document that's been dropped about the potential location of where this legendary city could be. They find, if it does exist, it can only be in this, this section of Honduras. This section is so remote. This is like a place where nothing exists still. It's like virgin jungle. Completely undeveloped. Undeveloped, yes. One of the last places on Earth, again, that is undeveloped. Long story short, this guy hires an airplane with LIDAR, right? And LIDAR is a a type of ranging sensory equipment. You know, crudely, you fire lasers into... The Earth. You could be yeah. flying over something. People use it on drones, etc. I've used right. it when I was doing hunting. They Hitler. use it for uh, like sort of self-driving car technology. Exactly. I know Tesla yes. uses cameras, but some use lidar. Some use lidar. Okay. Yes, exactly. So it gives you a very real picture of what's at the base level. Now, yeah. The beauty of this is, if there is dense foliage, dense jungle, yeah, the lidar you're able to see through that. Wow. So, so when like you get the Im- scan of the it earth, is. Yeah. When you get the image back, you see ground level bedrock, et cetera, and anything on top of that you can remove. Okay. By just clicking a button. And then, oh, there's all trees here. It just saw all trees. Cool. Click this button, all the trees are gone and it goes to only rock. Okay. And then you see. So finally they get a hit. And they're seeing structures. They find something. They find a target. And again, imagine they're they're trying, they don't want anyone to know about this yet, they're like, oh my God, this could be the biggest discovery in 150 years. Wow. This is big, this is a big deal. So it then takes two years for them to get permission, et cetera, in Honduras and a team together 
that is going to trek in yeah. to the jungle, triple canopy rainforest that wow. no one lives in, no one has probably been to in thousands of years, and pinpoint this GPS where they have they have they have coordinates yep. and they have a team. Wow, okay. So they end up doing it. Or now remind you, Honduras at this point, this is like a level four travel advisory from the State Department. Honduras is just, it's narco territory. Yeah. It is, you better know jungle warfare to get into this place. Wow. So these this guy hired a team of ex-British SAS jungle warfare guys to go in with him and biologists and archaeologists. And the Honduran government is sending their archaeologists and their biologists. It was like a team of 30 people that go out. They find this area where the coordinates are. Now, when I think of finding a lost city, it's going to be like the movie Congo. Yeah. Where you like walk up and there's this giant head and buildings and yeah. vines crawling over. Not the case, what they see. So they get out there. And it all, all it looks like is just mounds, wow. right? Covered in foliage and the thickest jungle you've ever seen. If you, if you read the book, the, there was a book that came out about it. When they got out there, the first team that went out there, the animals, jaguar, vipers, I mean, this is real shit. Yeah. This is like the real jungle. All of these animals had never seen human beings. So they're coming out wow. of the jungle to like be like, what are you? Yeah. They're out there for two weeks. They don't find anything. And on the last day, they're walking out kind of defeated. This guy steps on a rock. He steps on what he thinks is a rock. Yeah. And then rolls his foot, picks it up. He goes, hey, I think you're going to want to take a look at this, talking to the archaeologist. And there is carvings, skulls, uh, matates, which are this like old ancient tool they used to grind cacao beans yeah. with. They start finding all this stuff. Wow. And they realize like around them, you can't, and it's very hard to see, but around them is like, a full city. Holy shit. Right? So they find the okay. city. This is the crazy shit. They carbon date it, the stuff they found, and it dates 3,000 years old. So that's pre-Inca, pre-Aztec. They don't know what this civilization was. Wow. Right? Just uh, like world changing, amazing, yeah. amazing discovery that these guys found. They were like filmmakers that found it Holy basically, shit. right? Yeah. 30 people go in, 19 of them, they do this amazing discovery, but 19 of them come home with uh, one of the rarest forms of flesh eating bacteria oh. on the planet. Ancient bacteria. You know what I mean? Like stuff that oh doesn't God. exist anymore in the modern world because yeah. it's been eradicated, killed off, et cetera, right. whatever. It's called leishmaniasis. It eats your soft tissue. You can get contracted with it, and then it can take, it eats your nose, it eats all soft tissues. So these guys come back, and they have to go to, to get treated at places like the CDC in Atlanta. And it's like a, a rigorous yeah. 40 shot over a period of 40 days, and then that won't even work sometimes. And oh. then there's other guys that are just most- The that whole time you're just waiting for your dick to fall Yes, oh. and, there's, and there's other guys that don't, <laughs> yeah. There's other dudes that were out there that don't even get it. And they're like, what's going on? Some people were just immune to it, and wow. some people weren't, Whoa. right? When guess, was this, by this the way? Was, this, was, this happened 2017, somewhere around okay. there. This is all the backstory that I'm learning about, and I'm reading about all of this. Yeah. And we get the call. And it's, hey, so we're going out there. And I'm like, huh? What do you, with the, with the flesh-eating virus? We're like, we're going to go where the flesh-eating virus shit is? <laughs> and I, and they're, they're like, yeah, no, 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 it's all good. Like, it's, it, it's going to be fine, you know? Just, we're just going to wear a lot of clothes. You, as long as you protect your skin, you know? 
So what they found out was it was sand fleas. The sand fleas that live out there have it, have it, and would bite you, and Dude, would every transmit. Every time I do a shoot, I get nailed by sand fleas. Nailed. Yeah. I am like, I am like, and, and um, it comes up two days later. It's yes. Like it, I'll, yes. I'll be shooting. I'll be working with some models. Like I feel like I'm getting bit. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's because it's getting dark. The sand fleas are coming out. Yeah. We we need to, you know, hurry up, get to the car. But two days later, you're you're just like, do 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 do. I am like, over your... and I'm like Meals on Wheels when it comes yeah. to mosquitoes or sand fleas, dude. I'm like, I'm I am I, oh I am yeah. done. No matter what, no matter what. So, you know, we're talking about doing this, and I'm even talking to I'm talking to the host about it, and me and him are having a conversation, and I had I had come to the point where I was like, you know what, like no one gets to go out here. The only access to this place is via permission from the president of Honduras wow. himself and military helicopter will take you out to the, drop you at the location, you offload, and then you're able to see the city. So I'm going, this is an experience, this is like a once in a lifetime experience that I'll never get to have that maybe 50 people on earth have ever been able to do. I'm doing it. So I'm having a conversation with the host, Don, and he goes, so what's up, man, are you doing it? And I go, yeah, I'm gonna do it. And he goes, yeah, me too. And I go, uh, you know what really kind of swayed me though, I was like, you know what, Don's gonna do it. You know, I, I know Don's gonna do this. Yeah. And uh, it's gonna be great to go out there with him. And he goes, oh, fuck. He goes, I'm doing it, because I, th- I was like, you know, BJ is gonna do this. <laughs> like, we should definitely do this, you know? And uh, and we're both sitting there, and I'm like, well, fuck you, man. I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to do this shit. It's insane. So the way the producers need to get everybody on board next time is like, well, Don's doing you it. You know, Don's doing it. To you. Yeah, exactly. And then before yeah. they've even talked, yeah, to Don. Yeah, exactly. And then meanwhile, they're talking to Don. BJ's exactly. doing it. Exactly. It was full us. on. Oh, it was full on. One of those where I was like, yeah. well, I mean, fuck, I can't let, I can't let yeah, Don yeah, yeah. down. You know, right. fucking Don's gonna do it. I gotta do oh, it. Man. You know. And then we had that conversation together where we finally met for the first time. I was like, no, oh my god, dude. Oh, oh Jesus. But anyway. Again, every precaution was taken. Yeah. Our team in LA, the the producing team was like, okay, like they all knew the risks and everyone yeah. is like, this is gnarly. Like I know for a fact multiple shows have pitched the idea of going out to this location and the people on board, like the host, the crew, yeah. everybody has been like, no. Wow. Like no way. We're not doing that shit. Just getting to this place alone. Like think about this. You, you're, you're flying in. You go into Tegucigalpa, which is the capital of Honduras. Yeah. We get in. We had this local team. There's a guy named Jurek, greatest guy. They're just such an awesome dude. He had the connections with everyone. Anything you could think of. When we were in country, it was like, hey, by the way, this is your military escort. And again, I don't want to say – like Honduras to me is – it is fine to travel to. You know, people. Yeah. There's so much – bullshit out there where it's like, oh, this place is so dangerous. Don't, and you know this, right. like you went to Zimbabwe. Yeah. It's like guarantee you it's a level three or level four travel advisory. Right. But it's like, you got there, you're like, all right, cool. Like if you're not an yeah. idiot and you're right. not looking exactly. for trouble, yes. you're gonna be fine. You know, for every uh, isolated incident, mm-hmm. there are a million people that came and went yep. completely fine. Yep, absolutely. You don't hear the stories of all the just yep. things went well. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you know? and exactly. That's the, that's the problem. Kind that's of problem. going on the news. Yes. To take a temperature of the world. You can't. I just feel like you limit so much of your experience on this planet by focusing on bullshit that's out there. That's that's telling you, you know. It oh, reminds well, me I of that saying: of, uh, "Fear has killed way more dreams than failure." Absolutely. 
Because you didn't even try it because yes. of the fear. The fear stops you from an attempt. Totally. And whereas a lot of the attempts would have passed. Yes. And, yeah. I, and I think that's one thing. Like, I don't know. I'm, I know we keep going in tangents here, but um, I feel like, a lot, like a, lo a lot of my friends and like people that know me are like, you know, damn, man, you do, you do some pretty gnarly shit. You know, you're jumping out of helicopters yeah. and you must not be afraid of anything. And, and it's, what's funny is I am terrified. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there are, there are a multitude of things that, that I'll do. I know, I know the risk involved yeah. in some of these things. Um, you said fear is the killer of dreams more so than failure. Right. And, and I always think about that exact saying when it's like, like I almost turned down this, this Honduras thing and I would have missed out on that incredible yeah. experience Absolutely. because I had heard the story about the flesh eating bacteria and the leishmaniasis right. and it made me go like, you know, is it really worth it? Yeah. And at the end of the day, I remember sitting with my fiance and like having this conversation where she's like, it's what you, of course it's worth it. It's what yeah. you do. This is like, this is what you love. Yeah. You know, of course you have to do it. Yeah. You know, and many people survive without a dick. Absolutely, yeah, I, I, I would. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, back yes. to Honduras. So yeah, yeah. So Honduras. Um, when we got in country, we didn't know if we were even going to be able to get out to the city. Okay, the logistics involved with getting out to this lost city are insane. It's an eight and a half hour drive from Tegucigalpa, which is the capital, to. The launch point, this is how far you're in, you're getting as far away from the capital as you can into the shit, into the, like yeah. where the rainforest yes. starts because you have to go up and around mountains it's, just yeah. to get there. It's so complex. And then once you get there, you're on a helicopter for an hour going 250 miles an hour away Holy from that spot. Shit. We hadn't gotten permission from the government yet. We hadn't gotten permission from the president, which is the only way out there. And then we also had to borrow a military unit and their helicopter to get us out there. And we're thinking there's gonna be six of us going out there. It's biologists, archeologists, four of my guys, my team, and our ex-British Special Forces guy, who's like a jungle warfare guy, um, who was amazing, uh, yeah. JMO, who would come out with us. So finally we get the call. Jarek, who is our, our Honduran fixer, is like, okay guys, you have the green light. Yeah. Like it's go time. And you're going in into this is yeah. this is as real as it gets yeah. where we're going. He was basically like, here's the deal. You can be on site for an hour and you can only bring two people from your team. Okay. And I go, hold on, man. Like this is like oh wait God. hold on. This an is hour. not this is not the <laughs> deal here. Like we have a we have to see the site. We can't be on site for just an hour. Yeah. And, and wait, what is the travel time to get there again? It's like... Travel time to get there is an hour. So eight and a half hours to yeah, get... Yeah, eight and a half hour drive. Yeah, which we were waiting. We ended up doing the eight and a half okay, hour drive. got it. In place, just waiting for days. And then you've got an hour... And then an hour helicopter ride. ride. Right, yeah. exactly. So he's saying you got to fly out there and then you right. get one hour and then you got to fly back. And you got to fly back. And so here's the deal. Once the helicopter takes off from this heliport, it has to fly to the site. The military in place make a call whether or not landing in this tight hole in the jungle, yeah. which is really what it is, is a fucking hole in the jungle that they cut out, they cleared yeah. for the site. And you're talking three stories tall trees yeah. that the helicopter has to squeeze into and land. This place has its own microclimate. So what I mean is weather can look fine and then for whatever reason, there is a terrible storm over this area. Yeah. There are people who truly believe this place is cursed. 
Wow. That once you go there, if you survive, you either die when you're in there or die once you get home. Like yeah. they say that, you okay, know? Yeah, and a lot yeah. of the guys who work it, like the lead archaeologist there, he's like, look, man, I don't believe in any of that shit. Yeah. Um, I've been out there a hundred times, you know? Yeah. yeah. But if they're, ref- if they're calling a curse the vipers, <laughs> yeah. the jaguar, the microclimate, the flesh eating bacteria. Bacteria, yeah. Like, then, yeah, it's cursed, sure. You know, yeah, you could say yeah, it's cursed. Sounds, I'll, I'll call I'll it a curse. That. It yeah. just seems like a simple way to... Like, it seemed like a curse to me. Yeah, yeah. So we finally get the call. This helicopter that looked like it was from Apocalypse Now, like literally, like it had come off the set from 1965, <laughs> lands, beautiful, like it's a gorgeous helicopter. To me, yeah. I'm like a fan of those type of helicopters and... Pilot gets out, these young, hotshot, like Top Gun looking motherfuckers get out of the helicopter, (laughs) aviators on. This was go time. We had decided it was gonna be me, Don, and Tim Flick, who's a camera operator I've worked with for 11 years. Okay. And JMO, which is the uh, British SAS dude. Okay. Because after negotiating and saying, like, hey, dude, we can't just go out there with me and Don. Like we need, like I have to, please let me yeah. have some other people. Right. So negotiating for that, they find, they agree. All right, cool. You guys, you're, this team can go. That's, that's all though. No one else can go because we still got to get, remember these helicopter flights out there, there's no one getting this access. No one's even cleared to fly in this area wow. because once that discovery was made, the president of Honduras, rightfully so, shut that area down. Yeah. To protect it because yeah. they'll loot it, you yeah. know, if they find it. Right. But again, Jesus Christ, God bless anyone who even tried to get out there. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about walking out to this place. You're dead yeah. if you don't know this. Well, you're, again, you're it's, you can't drive. No. No so roads. No roads lead to it. No roads. So the only way, you got to have a helicopter. Yep. You got to be a badass pilot. Yep. It's got to be a rugged helicopter. Oh, yeah. Now, again, the big thing was leishmaniasis. We were worried about this flesh-eating bacteria. Yeah. So we are, you know, it's 100 degrees out there, right, in this, in this, under this canopy. Yeah. I'm wearing, I went to the Nike store and got basically leggings, throw those on. I got a pair of pants on top of that. I got socks. I got boots that go up to here. I got, because uh, these are the things you've got to all, yeah. all prepare for. I've got gaiters that are like on top of that. Uh, two shirts, an undershirt, gloves covering every, every piece of your hand. Yep. A uh, mosquito net for your head, a buff that goes around your neck to protect your neck. So basically you're covering any skin. Yeah. So that you're not exposed to... I'm picturing a little kid in a Christmas story. 100%. Uh, when he gets sent out for school in the yes. cold. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I literally, like, we were walking around like this. And mind you, we got to be mobile. Yeah. Like, th- w- here's the thing. Once you get out there, it's not like, well, there's the city. Yeah. Like, you're hiking up yeah. a mountain to get to where this site is, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, you're in. You're getting into the jungle, and then that's when it gets real, you know? <laughs> yeah. How much time did they give you? They gave us... Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. So then again, this is the reason that they gave us that hour is because they knew weather was coming in, right? From what they saw on radar in that area, uh, if we didn't get in and out, here's the thing. If you fly into that place, so I forgot to talk about this, but flying in, the pilot then makes a judgment. Okay. And he says, can we or can we not land? Upon that judgment, he either turns the fucking helicopter around, because remember, if they get to a point with fuel, where they're low, yeah, it's game over. Right. So they'll never let that happen. Yeah, yeah. So if they go out there, they know they have enough fuel to get back. Yeah. 
they're not going to fly around, hang out, right, and wait for the weather to get better. No. It's just return to base yep. immediately. Yeah. Right, and then land, and then try again tomorrow. Let's say everything works out, and we end up landing in this landing zone. All hell could break loose while we're out there. Yeah. Right. All of a sudden, a storm could move in, and now you're talking. You're out there. Yeah. There ain't no taking off in the middle of a storm. Yeah. Not going to happen. So what all anyone who goes out there has to be prepared to do is camp out there. Wow. Yeah. So these guys ahead of our going there, they have a unit, a military unit that stays out on site there. So imagine getting that fucking deployment. Imagine Holy being the shit. military unit that has to camp out there. And the reason is because well, those guys are, they, are out there. they're probably doing a couple weeks at a time? Oh, they're doing three months at a time. I asked three that very months? thing. Three months? Before rotation? Before rotation. Wow. And these are like, it's like 15, 20 dudes that are out there year round <sighs> at all times to protect the site, to make sure no one loots That's it. That's cool that they, they have that. Yeah. It's amazing, amazing. but yeah. Jesus Christ, imagine being that oh, guy. that would suck. And you're only getting resupplied from that helicopter. Yeah. That's coming in and out, dropping water, food, right. whatever off to you. Yeah. Um, but you're you're in it. So if we're out, we get out there, that storm comes in, we wait any longer. If that pilot comes out and says, hey, let's go now, and it takes too long, you could stay out there for a week. Wow. And be stuck. Yeah. And there's no taking off. Because yeah. the storms would come in, the storms that come through there, it's torrential downpour for a week at a time if it comes wow. through. If that were to happen, it's like we got to be prepared to be there. So that means they need to have provisions, right. all the things for extra people that they weren't accounting for. Yes. Like it's like they just have to be prepared for that. And we had to be prepared for that knowing that that was a very real possibility. Yeah. So we get in this thing. There's the flight crew and the, you know, the, the, the two pilots sit in front. You have pilot, co-pilot, and then you have flight mechanic who is, sits right in the middle. The biologist that we were with who I love and the archaeologist who are amazing guys were flying out there. And he had told me beforehand, he's like – you know, gives me one of these in the helicopter. You can't hear anything because it's so loud in yeah. there. And like all the comm systems are like, you know, right. 1965. Ancient, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he gives me one of these and he points out the window. You first you see buildings, then you see farms, and then you see nothing. Yeah. And so from the air, you start seeing dense, dense rainforest, like yeah. the thickest rainforest I've ever yeah. seen in my life. And then you're seeing, now you're seeing the microclimate. You're seeing those clouds rolling yes. in in the yeah. distance. And all of a sudden, we're flying through them. And these guys are weaving around storms. By the way, I hate helicopters. Oh, like, they're, yeah, they're no joke. To ride in. Yeah. It's, if, if all you've ever flown through the air in your whole life are yeah. commercial airlines, yep. which is most people, yes. and including myself, yes. and then you get in a helicopter, oh, yeah. and it's a very different experience. Totally. And, and like I did a uh, ride in... Hawaii. I've yeah. been in a helicopter a couple times, but the weirdest part is when you can just freeze in air, you know, mm -hmm. and just stay put because mm -hmm. it just doesn't feel right. Yep. You know, you're just yep. hovering in one spot yep. and just. Oh, it's like it it it, it, it doesn't make sense to me. I no, still like it's, it's such a weird thing. And then <laughs> and then also I, we went in one in Hawaii, yeah, and it was one of these small helicopters, yeah. and it was me uh, and a couple of my photographer buddies. And, the, you know, whether it's our first time or a hundred time, he's, he's flying like it's his million times, so he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And that little helicopter, and we, we got the doors off so we can take pictures. Yep. So, you know, it's like my foot's hanging out the side. Yeah. And, you know, wind, a little bit of wind takes it and just mm -hmm. shifts it around in mm -hmm. the air like it's nothing. Yep. You know, so you're oh, yeah. getting these movements that you've never felt before. Oh, yeah. 
you know, while you're looking out, you know, there's uh-huh. there is no separation between you and and what's oh, it's, below. And, oh, it's no joke, man. Yeah, yeah, it's no so, joke. So yeah, you're in this like little cargo bus uh, box. It's basically. a yeah. I mean, it's something that shouldn't be in the air. Right. Is basically what happens. <laughs> what it's it like, like this. Yeah. This thing is something that shouldn't be flying around like it yeah. does. Uh, but I end up getting in helicopters a lot nowadays. Yeah. You yeah. know, a plane makes sense to me. Yeah. It's forward momentum. <laughs> right. And it's got wings and lift. And like, let's say an engine goes out on, like, let's say you're in a little prop plane. Right. The engine goes out in that plane. You could potentially land that plane. Yeah. Right. You have the 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 ability because of the force already and the glide. Yeah. You can land that. If a helicopter, <laughs> if the engine goes out, that's fucking game over, yeah. man. Like that's it. Yeah. Or the tail rotor goes out. Right. And I'm sure their, you know, yeah. safety record is phenomenal, yeah. you know, in yeah. the States. But then when you go out of the States, you don't know what kind of- You have no idea what the maintenance is. Yeah, on maintenance a, none, regulations none. and the only thing that protocol. I kept, yes. The only thing I kept thinking about is like, this was a mil- this is a military helicopter. Right. I know for sure these dudes are flying this thing every day. Yeah. Because it looks like they're flying this thing yeah. every day. And it's, it's really kept up with yeah. because it's military. Right. Um, but this is some funny shit that happened. So in the helicopter- I look out the window, and then while we're in the air, one of the one of the panels in the window, right? It's like riveted in to the yeah. helicopter. The thing's just going like this, and the inside of the helicopter yeah. just just totally not attached, but like should be. Right. And I saw it had like glue around it, like they tried to tape it in. <laughs> and uh, I point Don sitting right next to me. I point Don. I go, Hey, Don. And I, I point at it. And I see the flight mechanic who's sitting right in front of us. And he looks at us kind of like, you know. And then he looks at the window, goes like this, and he pulls a book out. And he writes it down, looking at the window. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, he was like, you know what? I should fix that. I should really, like. He put it on his to-do list? Yeah, on his to-do list. He's like, Damn, I, I feel like, shit, I thought I took care of that. Ah, all right, well, we'll figure it out. <laughs> You know, that's, that's the reality of that shit, man, is they know the thing works. They know the yeah, thing's yeah, fine. Yeah, but still for us, like, right. I, I hadn't been in that helicopter. And then all of a sudden I see the window just jackhammering against the inner yeah. wall of the helicopter. Oh, but it's man. funny shit, man. So what did you guys end up I want to hear, yeah, when yeah. you got there and, yeah. and you finally got to see this. Yeah. See, I want to know your experience yeah. now. You yeah. got an hour to do it. Yeah, we got an hour to do it. So at, at this point, we got an hour to do this. We had a perfect flight. It was like one yeah. of those things that all of us were kind of like, all right, man, here we go. This is it. And I didn't even think about this until right now. But this is like a place where, let's say, someone gets bit by a viper or yeah. whatever, and like it's a it's a situation where it's like pull the pull the ripcord, yeah. pull the epurb, like break out the locator beacon, and like let yeah. them know you're in right. serious emergency mode. Like, of course, yes, we're out there with the with with a military unit. There yeah. is a there is a medic on site from that military unit. Okay, but that's as remote as you can get to where if you pull the cord, the people that would come to rescue you are already with you. Yeah. So if anything happens to that helicopter, yeah. or if anything were to go down out there and, and the helicopter's fucked and there's no way to get there, it's like, that's your, that's your escape. No Those backup. are the dudes that yeah. are coming to get you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I didn't really think about that until right now, which is not a, <laughs> not right. a comforting thing to, to think about. We end up landing. We end up getting access from the clouds, basically, yeah. at this point. The pilots are like, yep, we'll go. We're going we're gonna to land in this, in this spot. So we land. Uh, we get off this helicopter, and so where these sand fleas were was right by the, this riverbed, okay. which is where the helicopter lands. Yeah. And so for me, I'm going, 
Cool. We get off the fucking riverbed as quickly as possible. Yeah. We get up into the jungle. We'll be fine. Right. No worries. But of course, I needed to get this shot of the helicopter landing. Yeah. So I'm like, well, obviously, I got to be in the riverbed. You got to stand, in the, stand uh, in the fucking riverbed yeah. to get this shot. So, and I talked to the pilot ahead of time, and I'm like, hey, man, can you please do me a favor? I just need you land, drop me and Tim off, and then take off, and then land one more time. And meanwhile, and I hate asking pilots to do this because every pilot of every, every helicopter knows that the most crucial moments are the takeoff and landing right. of yeah. the helicopter. So you're and just I hate, doubling the risk. I, it's just doubling the risk. For a shot that's like two seconds. Yes. And right. I, I but can't you tell need you, it, though. You need for it. For the story, yeah. You need it for the story. And I can't tell you how many times I've had to ask pilots this with like me going, hey, dude, yeah, like, I'm so sorry. Sucks. I know this is fucking yeah. stupid and I hate it. But if we don't get this shot, it's going to look – it won't make sense. It'll yeah. just be like you just appeared in the jungle. Right. So we need it. You just need it to tell the story. So uh, anyway, we get off, and now I'm in like – I'm like, oh, this is danger zone, me and Tim. And, of course, there's no room anywhere for yeah. us to stand because this the, – where the helicopter lands is like this tight right. hole, Yeah. right? But meanwhile, you're talking three, four stories of trees. This thing's going to land. Where are we going to stand? So now, of course, now we're not only in the danger zone of, of sand fleas. We're standing in like the, the bushes yeah. in where the sand yeah. fleas are, like worst place you could be. And we have no room to move, so if there's no room for error anywhere here, and, yeah. and like we're getting this shot of this thing coming right down towards us, yeah. it's a pretty gnarly situation oh. to be in. But anyway, long story short, we get the shot. It was amazing. Um, the landing's incredible. And then it's like, all right, now it's time to get to the site. And so it, you hike through some waist-deep foliage. Okay. Uh, and it, there's a path that's a footpath that these guys have just kind of made over time from walking back and forth. Um, that gets you up to where this, uh, where the dig site is. And so we get up to this dig site and it's like, you start seeing like mounds, you know, of like just, just what look like jungle hills. Yeah. But what's crazy about this is, is that these jungle hills are not hills. They're actually structures that were created 3000 years ago that the jungle has completely taken over. Amazing. Right. Just absolutely incredible. And so you start seeing in the ground, they have like little flag flags, you know, a little pink flag marking this, a little pink flag marking okay. that. And so we go over and you start checking them out and you're talking about them. And this is, these are 3000 year old artifacts wow. that are just strewn about everywhere on the site, which makes it look like whoever left here, like kind of left in a hurry. Like it wasn't right. They didn't take their shit. They didn't with... take anything. Everything wow. was just dumped, you know? Um, which is weird, and there's a ton of theories that scientists have That's that, that the, what are, what are the, the archae theories? archaeologists have. One of the theories is did disease, uh, but then why wasn't the place, why didn't it keep going? Like you have Chichen Itza in Mexico. It looked pretty like it did at the time. Yeah. You know? Um, and some other sites, Copan in Honduras, another massive archaeological site, was found, obviously needed to be cleaned up and stuff, was abandoned at some point, but the, all these civilizations just kind of vanished. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it rains, storms come in full-on torrential downpour in triple canopy rainforest. And we're thinking, we're, we're staying here. Yeah. Like, this place looked like what you would imagine what the earth looked like when dinosaurs yeah. walked. Yeah. That's what this jungle looked like. Wow. It was trees that were massive, like all of the foliage, everything like three times the size of what you would right. see somewhere yeah. else. Incredible place, wow. you know? Stunning. And this is somewhere that 15... 20 years from now, you'll start to see structures yeah. after the archaeologist and dig team. Were there any 
big structures. No. It's still not all uncovered. Covered. Wow. Like it's as why? Because it's just taking so long to do it carefully. It is not only is it so long to do it carefully. It's a massive operation to get people in and out of there. Wow. And here's the thing: when when we get there, this is funny too. When we get there, the archaeologist, the lead archaeologist uh, on site, is telling me, "You don't understand how lucky you are. The fact that." The clouds let you in. And this is like the words he used. Yeah. He's like, we've had people that have tried for five, six days in a row to land wow. on site. And it just won't happen. Basically, he was saying like they, the jungle opened up and let you in yeah. is what he was saying. He goes, because for most people, that doesn't, that doesn't happen, which was an incredible thing to hear, especially from a guy that he, this guy goes out there nonstop. And he yeah. sees every, any expedition that is going to go out there, this guy has been on. Yeah. I mean, does the LIDAR, exp does it? Does it show the sort of shape mm -hmm. uh, and, and true structures yeah. and intricacies of these? Yeah. Yes. So that information is out there? Yes. And, and to a point, though, it's only so uh, – and again, as technology advances, it will become more and more yeah. incredible, the, the detail of the imagery. Yeah. Like, what right, are the size of these pyramids? They're huge. They're like uh, – like the structures themselves are probably the size of the place, you know? Yeah. Like the little bit bigger, yeah. maybe, you know? Um, but they would see square – like it looks like squares – Okay. Um, that's what the LIDAR would see would be uh, uh, right angles, right? Okay. So the minute you start seeing right angles like that, and of course they do exist in nature, yeah, right? Like right angles exist. It's very rare. rare. Right. So, okay. And then you start those seeing them. Those are the giveaways. In, those are the giveaways. Are and you start seeing them in sequences. Yeah. Right? So then it's, it, it's this little uh, right. sort of anomaly mm -hmm. with a pattern. Yes. And now yes. you know, okay, we've hit something. Yes. So Exactly. But exactly. you guys, they found the tools, you said, just strewn about. Yes, just strewn about. So like Amazing. all of these little sculptures, uh, wow. uh, figurines, 3,000-year-old stuff. Just kidding. No, but, God. But do it's, you, so, did, it's so funny. Yeah, what, what was like, were there any cool art, specific artifacts that you saw? That Absolutely. So there's this thing, there are these things called matates, which are these, like I'm looking at this thing, it's got a flag, you know, marking where it is and it's stuck into the, into the mud. Yeah. Uh, and you pull it up and it's like this curved rock that they carve out and then it has four legs okay right on it so imagine like a little table with a curve yeah like a little skateboard ramp yes half pipe. exactly yeah. and so what that was was what we do know is For that thumb boards no i yeah. wish that would be great that would be great it's like no hey check out these are tech decks <laughs> Woo! uh no but what was there was um they would use it to grind cacao wow okay all right so what one of the theories is that, or what these things were, were either offerings to the gods, right? Like, a, like you would offer a matate so that you would have a good cacao harvest. Yeah. Or you would offer the sculpture of this skull, uh, you know, monkey so that you would have whatever. Right. You know what I mean? And you're offering this and they found these strewn about here and some were broken, et cetera. So it's like maybe this was a place where they were making these. Right. Uh, and again, they still don't know. They have no idea. But the currency at the time, they believe, was cacao. Wow, okay. Right? So that's what you would trade in. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. What's yeah. so when is that show gonna air? That'll come out in March. March. Uh, so March like 2020. The first, yeah, first on episode. Will. What channel? It'll be Travel Channel. Travel yeah. Channel. Okay. Travel Channel. It's called Buried Worlds, yeah. Buried Worlds. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And Dude. then Ottoman Rising is on Netflix right that now. That was which the is other great. one. Yeah, another one. Yep. Yeah. So that's a good so one. Or Rise it. of it's called Rise of Empires Ottoman. That's another one. Cool one. Yeah. yeah. To check out that's on Netflix right now. Amazing. Yeah. Well, dude, uh, I know you got to get going real yeah, soon. Man. Um, of course. But 
uh, as always, amazing yeah, stories. Hell uh, yeah. I, this is going to be the benchmark <laughs> of future Shit. podcasts, uh, yeah. and it's going to be a tough act to follow Shit. because uh, you do always have the best stories. Awesome, I man. when I first uh, met BJ, uh, it was like I think we, we went out and and had dinner. Yeah. At some point, like soon after we'd met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "This is the best date I've ever been on." <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, dude. but always, always fun uh, hearing your tales because you're all over the world, and yeah. uh, it's it's very cool um, that you get to uh, we get to live a little vicariously through you. Shit. Uh, so, and and I am happy to spread that, you know, beyond, uh, you know, your, your, my your, four your, walls. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely, cool. man. This is great. Well, dude, thank, thank you. you so much, man. So always, much, always dude. a pleasure. That was great. Uh, and amazing. So yes, BJ Golnick. Follow him at uh, at BJ Golnick on Instagram. Spell but, it. Uh, B, we'll put it on the screen. Yeah, BJ G O L N I C K. Yeah, yeah. On Instagram. Cool for those yeah. who are just listening. Cool. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, I will look forward to uh, following up. Hopefully, uh, we do more of these, and I would love. Yeah, to I would just, love it. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. I'm not even gonna call you more because I'm just gonna. No, nah, yeah, just bring me in. I just come yeah, in. Yeah, that's it. Perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. So cool, man. <laughs> well, thank you to anyone listening. Yeah. Appreciate it, and. Uh, Check us out next time. Follow BJ and uh, see you all again soon.